Blog Talk Radio. The following is a disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host, guest, and callers, and are not necessarily those of the Roman Show Network, its management, or other advertisers. Listen to their struggles as they turn them into triumphs. In a city full of challenges, they only search for victory, and nothing will hold them back. These are their stories, so sit back, relax, and welcome to their city. Wrestle City Radio. Welcome to another edition of Russell City Radio. I'm your host, George Alonzo. Welcome to another great episode. Uh, I'm actually going solo here tonight as uh, Red Velvet has to actually take care of some wrestling duties uh, of her own. As we all know, she's an up-and-comer here in South Florida, uh, one of the best here in South Florida. As a matter of fact, you can follow her on social media, on her social media outlets. Uh, Again, it's at Instagram at L-A underscore Velvet, two T's, that's V-E-L-V, wow, E-double-T. So again, it's at, the uh, little at sign, uh, La, L-A underscore Velvet, V-E-L-V-E-double-T, or you could even follow her on Facebook at facebook.com, backslash La Velvet, just with no underscore under it. Uh, as we all know, she actually partook in a big grand event this past weekend in Clouston. Uh She actually went in and fought against Gemini and also took part of the main event where the women's champion was involved. And uh, it looks like Red Velvet is going after championship gold, I hope. But basically, yes, uh, Red Velvet is not with us here tonight. Uh, she will be back next week, uh, we hope. Uh, depending on the situation of her wrestling career, uh, due to the fact that when gold is on the line, guys, you can't blame her. But I am 100% sure, or should I say 99.9% sure, she'll be back uh, because she's very dedicated to the fans, both at the wrestling scene and, of course, here on the radio show. Now, guys, we also have a major, major show lined up here for you tonight. Uh, We actually are going to be graced by a legend here on the show tonight. Uh, I'm talking about the legendary former WWF, uh, before WWE, guys, former WWF, former WCW, and former All Japan Pro Wrestling superstar and football uh, star. I'm talking about Dell, the Patriot, Wilkes, uh, the original Patriot will be here on the show. Uh, but aside from that, guys, uh, we also went through a big, big pay-per-view last night. As we all know, it was money in the bank. What a shock it was uh, to see some of the winners coming out of that, including uh, seeing, of course, 
Shinsuke Nakamura being blindsided during his entrance. A lot of people were already booing in the beginning of that match, as a matter of fact, which uh, was main eventing the entire show. A lot of people were saying it was going to be Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal uh, basically headlining the event, but nope, it was actually the men's uh, money in the bank that headlined the pay-per-view, quote-unquote, mind you, being the money in the bank pay-per-view, but a lot of people were surprised that the title match was not the headliner. Uh, Guys, what an amazing ladder match that was. But before we even touch base on that ladder match, let's talk about history with the women also stealing the show and, of course, having their first ever women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, a lot of people are going onto social media and already hating on the situation of, oh, my God, you know, the uh, Carmella won or, you know, so-and-so won it for her. And et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on and on. James Ellsworth this, James Ellsworth that, or Carmella doesn't deserve it. You know, let me just say, everyone who's in that business, that's inside the WWE ring, I feel deserves what they have in their life right now because to get to the WWE is not just hopscotch and and candy, okay? It's basically you need to make sure that you work out, that you make sure that you keep a tone. The work that these athletes put, even in the independent scene, to try to achieve their goal, to make it to the WWE, is not an easy one, folks. So don't doubt just because uh, Carmella's background or or Carmella's uh, in-ring skill that she does not deserve it because... Again, in order to be where people are, when, especially in the WWE, it takes a lot, a lot of training, a lot of willpower, a lot of self-esteem, a lot of everything, and it takes a toll on you mentally. And, of course, uh, Del Wells will be on the show a little later explaining to us about all that, explaining to us about how the, you know, that whole situation was when he worked under Vince McMahon. Uh, the, in the WWF, uh, had great, great feuds in the WWF, including with Bret the Hitman Hart. We're going to finally hear his opinion on working with the legendary Bret the Hitman Hart in what was said a very, very controversial time when it was Canada, per se, you know, with the gimmick, versus the United States, with him holding up the banner of the United States, uh, hence the Patriot. But, uh, but also, guys, uh, you know, a talk. So, in my final opinion on the Carmella situation, guys, my opinion is don't be bashing the people, don't be bashing their sport, don't be bashing anything when it comes to pro wrestling. Period. Because you do not know what these guys go through or women go through on a daily basis. Just to make sure that they come out there and risk their body, mind you to make sure that we're the ones entertained. So you don't know the pressure. You don't know the reality of their life. So guys, I would appreciate if you actually give some respect what credit is due to these people, whether, you know, now mind you, I'm not saying, hey, hold your booze and hold your cheers because that's what you pay your money for, for your booze and your cheers. You go out there and say, hey, you suck. Hey, you do this. But when you go out there and uh, go onto social media and say, hey, that person doesn't deserve it, then you're stepping that boundary a little too high. So what I'm saying is 
Do what you got to do as a fan. Boo, cheer, you know, buy popcorn, go to the restroom. I don't know. I don't care. Just don't disrespect them by saying they don't deserve anything. So on top of that, guys, of course, the men's ladder match. Again, a lot of people were scared about the situation there because a lot of people were like, oh, my God, is Shinsuke Nakamura not even going to take part of this match due to the fact that he was attacked by Baron Corbin at the beginning of the match. Now, I am going to say this. The winner of that match, the the Baron Corbin, uh, sorry, guys, spoiler alert. Uh, I should have said that before I said Baron Corbin, actually. I apologize for anyone who hasn't seen Money in the Bank yet. But basically, uh, you know, Baron Corbin, uh, the winner of the Money in the Bank for the SmackDown roster, because uh, apparently Money in the Bank is a SmackDown exclusive. Uh, that was my pick from the, from the beginning. But basically, a lot of people were saying uh, they wanted to see Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, in the match, whether... And a lot of people were scared. And actually, Shinsuke Nakamura was the hands-down favorite, you know, to win that match. But you know something? I think they developed a great mega heel in Baron Corbin last night by making him not just beat Shinsuke Nakamura on the top of that ladder, but also AJ Styles, which by far I feel like was the the key point of last night's pay-per-view when we finally saw those two go at it in the middle of the ring. Uh, To be honest... Uh, I'm not going to lie. When I saw that match, uh, when I saw those two lock horns, when I saw those two go at each other uh, one-on-one in the middle of the ring, uh, with that ladder, I thought, oh, my God, Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom has finally arrived to the WWE. Personally, I feel like that match should not be used for any miniature pay-per-view, but one of the major top pay-per-views that the WWE holds every year, including Survivor Series, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, and and personally, I would love to see a match like that, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, headline the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania, and yesterday, we saw a glimpse of that, of what kind of match AJ and Shinsuke can both provide, and mind you, they did not disappoint, because I have to say, the crowd was going nuts when that took place. Because I have to say, for once, a lot of people, people who want to see that happen, a lot of people that want to see that match take part, you know, were standing on their chair. As a matter of fact, funny story in that situation, that the match was going great. You know, the match was was going great. It it had its awesome moments. It had its markout moments. Uh, I can't complain not one bit about that match. I can't even complain not one bit about the pay-per-view, for Christ's sake. I will tell you this. What I can say, it was funny to me how it was finally when Shinsuke Nakamura got in the ring with AJ Styles, and basically that received this is awesome chance. That's what it took. And I feel like that was no pun intended uh, because the entire match, the entire last match, phenomenal, the entire match had everyone going crazy. Uh, but it took AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura to finally be in the ring together for it to start. This is awesome. 
Now, what I also have to say, I have to give credit where credit is due. The women received a This Is Awesome chant as well. I am very proud of those women who, who took the division to a whole new level. We even saw a very emotional video buildup towards that ladder match, which was phenomenal. Uh, and and to, again, if Red Velvet was sitting here next to me, I'm pretty sure she will be just as proud of these women. These women who are setting the tone, who are setting the path for women like Red Velvet, for women like Angel Rose, for women that are up and coming in this business, setting that term to open the doors and open the windows and open everything for these young blood women who are probably that have the WWE in their sights. And let me just say, like, whether it's Carmella, whether it's Natalia, whether it was Becky Lynch, Charlotte, you know, Tamina, they all gave it their all last night in the ring. And I have to give all the credit where credit is due. I am very, very proud. And thank you very much for everyone listening to the show. Thanks for your support. I see people here uh, uh, calling in and listening in via phone. And I also see uh, people messaging me on social media saying that they're listening. So I, I thank you very much for those people who, uh, who are showing support. I appreciate that. I truly do. Uh, again, uh, but guys, what is going on with tonight's Monday Night Raw? Uh, let me go ahead and change gears for a couple minutes here. Tonight, guys, I, I've never seen a blow-up in two hours. <laughs> and what I, what I mean by this is, I've seen social blow-up less times before. Yeah, you're right, but not as much as this last night or yesterday in general. Because yesterday, uh, there was a photo being thrown around, starting from the WWE, of course, uh, of the Undertaker's hat and coat. And it was in the middle of the ring. It was a picture, basically, of his hat and coat, the one that he left in the middle of the ring after WrestleMania uh, went off the air. Uh, basically, and uh, it quoted, you cannot kill uh, what's already dead, or you cannot kill a man who's already dead. And basically, it went to point out, saying, hashtag this Monday. So a lot of people were already like, oh, my God, is The Undertaker returning this Monday? It is, what's going on? What's going on? Let me tell you something, guys. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I know she hates it when I do this, but I have to give my, my throat a break here because I have, I've been talking for 15 straight minutes. Uh, but let, let me open up my line to uh, my COO here for two seconds. Uh, uh, Lorraine, are you there? Lorraine, are you there? Okay. No, Lorraine. Oh, okay. So, okay, let me, let, okay, now let's get this up. Oh, my bad. Get, let me open up this line. Yaisel, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, Yaisel, let me ask you a question. Uh, because you're also one of the big supporters. I could tell by the number that you called in. Believe it or not, when you call in, uh, you know, it, when I see your number, it actually calls in with your name on there, believe it or not. Oh, wow. 
So, so basically, uh, what I'm going to say is this. Uh, Yaisel, what do you think? What do you think this whole thing about the Undertaker situation? This whole Undertaker situation? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Undertaker might come back, but guess who's – we may not know. Maybe um, Roman Reigns is playing some hell of a good mind games, and we might see that – heel turn that everybody's been talking about and God, I think that's pretty much it. I think the people are waiting for that heel turn and he's doing this, mind games or maybe The Undertaker, but it's too soon to to know until Monday Night Raw comes on the air. Yeah, great point, great point. So basically, you know, I, I, I feel like you're right. I feel like it, it might be something about 2K18, but at the let me hold you uh, for on the line for a quick second. At the same time, WWE also did release earlier today that the cover art for WWE 2K18 is Seth Rollins. So, what what do you think on that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's 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 about time, you know. Seth Rollins have done a lot of stuff, you know, from the whole evolution of him from NXT to the Shield to his uh, solo career. You know, you can't get another better person than Seth Rollins right now. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right on that. Uh, so, now, last question, I promise. Uh, do you rather see Seth Rollins on the cover of WWE 2K18, or do you rather see The Undertaker? You know what? To me, i rather see Seth Rollins. And nothing to put, you know, Undertaker... You know, not putting him on the cover, but the Undertaker is to me. He's like in his own category, in his own stratosphere, if you want to say it. Because you know, we know the Undertaker. You know, we know what he's accomplished. You know, we want to see. We want to see. Like I don't. I think us wrestling fans. We also want to see new faces. Yes, Seth Rollins have been you know with WWE for a while, but you know, we just want to see new faces, new. new something new that will catch the wrestling fans' attention. You know, if we put The Undertaker or we put, you know, like a couple of years ago, it was Stone Cold. But, yes, Stone Cold, you know, we haven't seen him in a while, and that was, you know, something special. But, you know, it's like when they brought when – when they put The Rock, you know, why The Rock, you know? Yes, he's a movie star. He's done this. He's done that. But to me, it wasn't – you know, like, oh, I'm going to buy the game because The Rock's on the cover. You know, I want something new, you know. If they would have put, like, let's say, AJ Styles, or they would have put something new, it will grab the, the viewer's attention, the wrestling fan attention. But remember, you, you got you know, you to put a product out there that will buy the, um, you know, the fans will pay the price. If you can just put anything, nobody's going to pay for it. Good point. Very good point. And I thank you very much, Yaisel, for those, uh, that, that great opinion. Thank you very much for calling in, Yaisel. Appreciate it, man. You're welcome. All right. Uh, again, thank you very much for the call-ins. If a fan wants to call in and speak their opinion on this whole WWE 2K18 or the whole Undertaker business or whatever is going on right now when it comes to that social media outbreak uh, from last night, uh, feel free to call in. Again, the number is 714-868-0222. Again, the number is 714-868-0222. Uh, 
But guys, I'm going to go ahead and uh, open up my line here because now it's time to reach out to our special guest of the evening. Uh, and and uh, basically, again, for those people who are just calling in late or, or listening in late or what have you, yes, I am doing this solo here tonight. Red Velvet is handling some wrestling business tonight. Uh, she will be back next week. Uh, and basically, she again, I'm not blaming her for handling this wrestling stuff because her eye is on the prize. Because if you were there at Clueston, Florida this past week, you would see that her ambition for that FEW Women's Championship has grown. Uh, she's now backing up Sweet Johnny Velvet. So by all means, I cannot blame her for doing what she's doing tonight because her training is going to be stepping up a whole big other notch, a whole big other, you know, table, a big other step, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but she will be back next week, and we'll talk to her about how her training went this week, and we'll see from there. But basically, uh, guys, let's go ahead and reach out to the legend himself, the Patriot, Del Wilkes. Okay, I did not, did not, definitely did not want to release his number out there. <laughs> oh my God, I hate it when those things happen because I get scared in those situations of the number. You know, yeah. Have you ever had a situation where you hear voicemail and it's like, oh, you have reached the voicemail of seven eight six, blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, just like people are messaging me right now, live radio, folks. Yep. You couldn't be you couldn't be more honest than that. It, that is a hundred percent honesty there. Uh, but guys, let me see if I could go ahead and try to reach out to Mr. Wilkes. Uh, I apologize for the little dead air here I'm about to give you, but I'm trying to confirm him right now. Okay. I'm just going to wait a little while to see if there's any confirmation that I could grab from Mr. Wilkes right now. Um, you know, let's try calling him one more time, folks. Again, this is live radio. I don't, I don't sugarcoat anything. Nothing is pre-recorded here. That's what makes us so different because, again, it's live and it's better. Hello? Uh, hello, Mr. Wilkes? Yeah. Hey, Mr. Wilkes, this is uh, George Alonzo from Russell City Radio. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Uh, good, good, Mr. Wilkes. Good, good. Thanks for asking me, sir. Uh, you're basically on live radio right now. And uh, first and foremost, Mr. Wilkes, being a legend like you and, and, of course, being very busy doing your appearances and stuff, I definitely, definitely want to say it's an honor. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for actually taking time to come on and talk to me today. 
Well, I appreciate you inviting me, and I'm glad to do it. It's an honor, sir. And also, Mr. Wilkes, I want to say to you, uh, personally, I <laughs> I don't follow your personal life, nor should anyone. Uh, but basically, I, in case you're a father, I wanted to tell you a happy Father's Day. I know it was yesterday, but uh, happy Father's Day from us all here on Russell City. Well, thank you. I had a great day and uh, got to spend time with uh, with family and, and one of my kids. Uh, my daughter and my granddaughter, and uh, I've got a son in the Army that's stationed at Fort Hood. He'll be coming home uh, in a couple of weeks, so we'll get to see him then. i got another son that works out of town, my oldest son, so I didn't get to see either of my boys yesterday, but I did communicate with them, and uh, so it was a great day. That's awesome, Mr. Wilkes. I'm, I'm very happy that you had a great day, sir, and, and again, we wish you all a happy late Father's Day from here on Russell City Radio. Uh, but Mr. Wilkes, how's the, the weather treating you up there? Because down here in South Florida, all we're getting is rain, but then again, it's hurricane season, so we're not surprised with that here. Well, it's typical Columbia, South Carolina weather here. It's hot and humid, and uh, <laughs> hot, hot, hot and humid, and uh, it will only get hotter, but um, that's how it is this time of the year, so those of us that live here, we're used to it. Probably like where you guys are at. We just don't get as much rain as you guys do. Uh, yeah, like I, I would trade the, the heat for the rain any day, actually. Uh, so you want to trade yeah. on that, Mr. Wilkes? I, I don't mind. <laughs> nope, I'll, uh, I'll stay where I'm, I'll stay. <laughs> All right, well, Mr. Wilkes, uh, you know, when you talk about hot, you know, something that was also hot was obviously when you were in the wrestling business. Uh, and even in football, as a matter of fact, one of your first things uh, that you started with when you first got into pro wrestling, your first gimmick was the Trooper, which was actually very fu uh, fun to watch. Actually, I saw some uh, small clips of it, and you would give tickets to to when you beat them, and it, it was very cool. Very, it, it kind of um, um, I feel like the fashion police. Are, are you uh, up to date with the product today, Mr. Wilkes? With the product of today. Yes, sir. Uh, I watched some. I'm not a big fan of the product today. I'm a fan of uh, the men and women that, that train hard and work hard and sacrifice to have a career in the business that we all love. But the product itself, I'm not a big fan of the product. I, I think they're uh, given a, a, a horrible product to present, but they have no control over that. But uh, I do watch occasionally. Yeah, I, I still keep up with it and watch some. Well, I just wanted to bring this up because it kind of reminded me a little bit of the trooper gimmick of when you first started. Uh, I feel like the the fact police, the uh, currently the uh, Fandango and I believe Tyler Breeze, how they were giving out these uh, citations for people with fashion. Uh, you know, they will give out these tickets to those people. Well, in your case, when you came out as the trooper, you will give these citations, you will give these tickets to people that you beat and and so on and so forth. Uh, tell us about, a little bit about that, because uh, to this day, it kind of feels like that the, the fashion police took a little piece of what Del Wilkes was as the trooper. Well, it, was, uh, it, it, it wasn't the first character that I did, but it was the first one that exposed me to a nationwide TV audience. I had done some other characters very, very early in my career here locally in South Carolina, and, and throughout uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, uh, throughout this area and this part of the country. But as far as my first time being on nationwide 
TV on ESPN. It was the uh, the first character that I did with that kind of attention and that kind of TV audience. And uh, I'd like to take credit for it, but it wasn't my idea. It was an idea uh, that Vern Gagne and Greg Gagne and um, Wahoo McDaniel came up with. Uh, I was working for the AWA, obviously, at the time, and uh, they just thought that I looked like, sounded like, talked like uh, a cop from the South. And um, so uh, that's when they came up with the idea and also the idea for uh, writing a ticket to my opponents after uh, I had beat them and also handing out the plastic badges to the kids on the way to the ring. So uh, they came up with the idea, and, and, it, and it worked. It, uh, it did. It exposed me to a, to a greater fan base, a much bigger fan base, and gave me exposure nationwide. And, and now that you mentioned Vern Gagne, as a matter of fact, he was one of your initial trainers that helped you train as well, aside from the fabulous Mula also being another one of the people that helped you uh, grow in the wrestling business. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, say that Vern Gagne was not just a mastermind in pro wrestling, but he was also one of the toughest guys to step in the ring with uh, when it comes to training and uh, conditioning. How was that experience uh, working with such a legend? I, I liked working for Vern. I had heard, prior to going to work for Vern, I had heard a lot of things that weren't very positive about Vern uh, from a lot of the boys, but uh, I've always judged how I judge, or I've always treated someone and judged them based on the way they treat me, and I got along great with Vern. He gave me a great opportunity. He helped me a lot. He taught me a lot. Uh, he helped me get a foothold into the business, and uh, so I enjoyed working for Vern. Unfortunately, when I went to work for him, uh, it was when the AWA had already seen its better days. At one time, it was one of, if not the best territory in the business. Uh, strong TV. Uh, a lot of guys came out of that territory. But when I got there, uh, they were basically on life support and, uh, and just, you know, hoping that the next big thing was right around the corner uh, they were always talking that there was going to be some company, some businessman that was going to drop a lot of cash into, into the AWA and, and sort of revive it, but that never happened, and uh, they eventually closed their doors. But it taught me a lot. It, it was a, a good learning experience for me. Well, Mr. Wilkes, if you don't mind me asking, because uh, you mentioned also the territories and stuff, uh, obviously competition was always healthy. That's what kept everyone so active. It gave so many people a place to work and, uh, until, of course, Vince McMahon bought all the territories. And then all you know you heard was the WWE and the NWA and then all some WCW and so on and so forth. Uh, nowadays, uh, when you look at the wrestling business, you really don't see any competition unless it's in the independence. Do you feel like wrestling lost its little push because it lost its competition? Oh, it's affected it tremendously. Uh, everything, everybody, every business, everything needs competition. That's what keeps you good. It keeps you cutting edge. Uh, it keeps you creative, uh, coming up with fresh ideas. And competition is always a very, very, very important thing. And, uh, you know, I was watching some stuff last night, and, and, and I'm not going to name the name of, of, of the company whose show I was watching, but I tell you, it's just, uh, there is, 
And I I guess I am going to be critical. There's just a lack of creativity, a lack of originality, a lack of ideas within the business today, no matter whose product you watch. And evidently, there's been a lack of training and proper teaching along the way as well, too, because some of the talent you watch, it's just, uh, it's tough to watch. And and, and that doesn't, you know, that's not a one-size-fits-all comment about the business, but some of the things you see, you know, you shake your head and, and just wonder who thought this was a good idea to put this on TV or put it on a pay-per-view. And uh, so, yeah, you suffer tremendously without strong competition to keep you, uh, you know, on your toes and at your best. And, and mind you, uh, of course, we don't want to uh, name drop anything. Like you said, we're not going to name drop any kind of situation here. Uh, but of course, like when you came into the business, uh, again, I know you said that you had a couple characters uh, before you went into the trooper gimmick, uh, but then you, like, you reached even huge uh, superstardom when you started as the Patriot uh, under the mask. As a matter of fact, it was one of my favorite characters of all time uh, when I started watching you on the on the minor uh, companies. Uh, like you were actually uh, going up against people like the Dark Patriot, for instance. Uh, one of your top feuds, uh, and then going into the WWE. But again, like with the, and of course, all Japan for wrestling, but with the time that you were in, uh, Mr. Wilkes, with the gimmicks per se, uh, like the Patriot, you, you had a lot of other great things, uh, like great wrestlers too, Brett the Hitman Hearts. Like what, can I ask you for your advice or your point of view, like, do you feel like the world of wrestling is also missing that those special gimmicks that reach out to the crowd? I certainly think that they are. Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but yes, they're missing special characters, special talent. Uh, they're missing people that can go out and cut promos that are from the heart, not something that's written for them, uh, something that they've memorized. Uh, it's missing character development it's missing a lot of those things and you know i was reading today to to take a step back uh, about something you had mentioned earlier and i had mentioned as well about a product i was watching last night i will say this it wasn't the wwe and i've seen some stuff on facebook today and twitter about the complaints people had about the show last night uh, and the product that they saw last night i was watching another company and it was horrible um so yes all across the board uh, wrestling is suffering from great characters, guys that you can hitch your company to and that you can build your company around uh, those, you know, Steve Austins and Mick Foley's and Rocks and Bret Hart's and uh, you name it, you know, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair's and stuff like that. There is definitely a void of that kind of talent. And uh, I think a lot of the creativity has been taken from, from the, the stars and the wrestlers. And um, I think you see that if you look back at older stuff, when you had a lot of that creativity in their hands where they could go out and cut heartfelt promos, uh, I think you saw better results. Yeah, and let me say this. When you walked into the WWF, uh, I think you walked in at the most hottest time for their product during the Attitude Era because you worked a lot of big programs, a lot of like, hey, this, this hit home. Like, is this real or is this, you know, I don't like using that F word because I don't believe in that F-A-K-E word, if you know what I mean. Uh, like, you you really, like, you guys hit the point 
uh, you hit the nail on the coffin when when you entered the WWF in the first place, Mr. Wilkes. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, like I said, you entered during the Attitude Era where a lot of promos were from the heart, like you mentioned, and you worked with some great, great people like Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, and, of course, your promos were fantastic. It was the United States versus Canada. Uh, you know, are we also missing, like, are we also missing that passion? What what should wrestlers be doing today to get that passion back? Well, I, I think a lot of times they're unable to do that. Their hands are tied. But I, I want to make this point, and it's not always about the promos as well. Those are important. But the highlight of my career, I enjoyed working in the WWF. I enjoyed my run with Brett. I enjoyed working in WCW and Marcus Bagwell and I being two-time tag team champions. I enjoyed my time in global. But the highlight of my career was working in all Japan for, for Mr. Baba. And I'm going to tell you, I worked there two times on two different occasions. So I worked there a number of years. And it was the best roster of talent that I was ever a part of. And it was the best, highest quality matches that you'll ever see. I don't think in any decade in professional wrestling can you go back and see the type of four- and five-star high-quality matches night after night that you saw in all Japan during the late 80s and all the way through the 90s. There's nothing that's ever been able to touch that, in my opinion. And we never cut a promo. We never cut one promo. Our TV was strong as death over there, great ratings. We sold out everywhere we went, sold out over 200 consecutive shows in the Tokyo area, and we did not have promos. We didn't do a promo on TV. Every match was a clean finish, a one, two, three. There were no DQs, no countouts, uh, no run-ins. Every match was a clean, legitimate finish. But it was the quality of the match, the believability of the work, the standard of work rate that was set with those guys on that roster that allowed that company to be successful and never, ever on their show would you see a promo. So, you know, I, I think we're lacking a lot of the creativity that's needed here in the States, but I work for a company in Japan where that creativity wasn't necessarily that big a deal. It was what was done inside those ropes that was a big a deal, and that's what sold tickets and put butts in seats. So I also think we're missing, too, sometimes just that good believability of what you see in the ring. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, uh, you worked with such legends in Japan uh, with, like the Jackie Fulton, uh, you know, in all Japan. You also worked with uh, Kenta Kobashi. Uh, you worked with the legendary Steve Williams. Uh, some great, great names. And on top of that, who can forget Kawada uh, that you worked with as well over there in Japan. Some major, major names. Uh, tell us, uh, who was your the most fun experience you had working with over there? I know you worked with many, and all of them are equally as good, but is that one person you had the most fun with? Well, if, in my opinion, I think anybody's top five list of the all-time greats in professional wrestling history, I think, would have to include Masawa and Kabashi, or at least it would for me. And the top five list of the greatest ever would include those two guys. And I worked hundreds and hundreds of matches with both of those guys. But working with Kabashi for me, was something special. And I, I think, too, sometimes there just has to be that that chemistry when you're working with someone. I've worked with guys a lot of times, but there were a lot of times the chemistry just didn't work well together. Our styles maybe didn't mesh well together. 
but I never had a bad match with Kabashi. I was never involved with a bad match with Kabashi, whether I was working against him or he was my tag team partner. So in my opinion, of all the greats that I've ever worked with, and I don't mean this to slight anyone, but Kabashi's the greatest that I've ever I've ever been in a ring with. Well, yeah, he was one of my favorite Japanese guys. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, when I first started watching All Japan and New Japan, I was actually a very big fan of the series of Kobashi and Misawa, uh, Kobashi and Sam Hansen, which is also a good friend of yours, I know. Uh, I would also never forget, uh, of course, like the wars between Misawa and Kawada. Now that you mentioned Misawa, like that's one guy that we still miss to this day, in my opinion. I still can't believe the uh, the freak accident that took place and, and that we lost such a great guy in Misawa, one of the original Tiger Masks. Uh, being so close that you worked with the guy and and uh, both in and outside the ring, uh, Mr. Wilkes, how did you take that? Like, how was the how was the situation, or how were you men- mentally when you found out that your friend Misawa was no longer with us? Well, it was tragic and it was sad, but I'll be honest with you, it didn't surprise me. Um, and I hate to say that, but those guys, those those Japanese guys, especially, they were they were big time risk takers. They would do things that I wasn't willing to do. They would do things that a lot of us Americans weren't willing to do. Uh, I don't know if any of you, uh, if you or any of your listeners have ever seen a match from 1993 with, uh, I think maybe March of 93, but it's Steve Williams and Kabashi. And Steve gives Kabashi three of the most brutal suplexes you'll ever see. And he literally plants him on his head on the top of his head all three times. Now, you don't do that without Kabashi allowing you to do that. So he was a stickler for the believability of it, and so was Masawa. So they would take risks that a lot of us weren't willing to take. So after working with those guys for as long as I did and and, and watching the things that they would do in the ring, uh, you just always had this horrible feeling in your gut that one day something bad was going to happen to one of them. And unfortunately, it did with Masawa. And uh, but these guys would do crazy things and, and take some crazy bumps, especially on top of their head that I would have never considered doing it. But um, what a he was like a ballet dancer. He he moved gracefully. There was never any wasted motion with Masawa. Everything was smooth and graceful, and just a phenomenal athlete and phenomenal worker. No, yeah, I, I agree, and. Uh... One of, like I said, one of the original Tiger Masks in, in Japan. Uh, and again, great series with people like Kawada. And, and now, like, ever since, of course, uh, your time over there in all Japan, now New Japan has also changed their style in Japan. Like, it's more like high risk, very fast-paced action. And it seems like the Americans are now taking part of that, uh, like with the high, uh, high-paced uh, stiff action, per se. Uh, you know, and, and it seems like it's an ongoing, evolving saga. So I, I know you mentioned already a, an opinion on a product from last night, but what do you think of the how? What do you think of how the business is evolving now with Japan including uh, included? Because it's not the same. Like if you say that Misawa and Kawada, uh, you know, those type of matches are taking place now. I, I haven't seen it really, uh, unless it's a Shibata match. But what, what do you think of so far the evolve, uh, how wrestling is evolving in Japan and even here uh, transitioning over to the United States? 
Well, it, it, it's just, to me, it's, and I, I guess everybody thinks that things that they did when they were, you know, whether you're playing football, basketball, baseball, I guess you always have that feeling of, man, we did things differently. We did things better. And so maybe I sound like some, you know, old curmudgeon saying that, but, but I watch stuff nowadays. And we, like, for instance, in all Japan, we had long, drawn-out finishes that had false finish after false finish after false finish, big move after big move, one-two, barely kick out, one-two, barely kick out, one-two, barely make a save. And it kept the people up and down and just, I mean, unbelievable reaction from them because it just looked like this is it. The match is over, kick out. But those big moves meant something. I watch matches today, and I, I watched one online not long ago with this Kenny Omega and a Japanese guy that everybody was just beating their chest over, and I, I, I didn't get it. It was just it was a long match, but it was just one. It, it was a synchronized dance. It was just one move after another with nobody selling anything, and I, I think I see a lot of that today. That that's how it's evolved, or that's what it's gone into. Is it's just I mean, lock up, big move, lock up, you know, right from the beginning. And, uh, you know, just finish move after finish move after finish move that nobody sells. And um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not a big fan of, of, of that particular product and that particular style. Well, technically, Mr. Wilkes, you're not alone because I think it was Vader uh, not too long ago who posted a tweet after Ricochet and Will Ospreay saying that um, – uh, what was it called? Uh, that he was bashing the the Will Osprey and Ricochet match on on Twitter, and uh, Ricochet and Will went on to say that wrestling is an art form, uh, and hence why they do what they do. And, and but I, I like don't think you're alone in this situation, uh, Mr. Wilkes, because again, uh, even Randy Orton to this day is tweeting hashtag no dives. So do you feel like these veterans are calling for maybe a kind of like a tweak down a little bit of the fast pace and, and go back to giving fans a wrestling match? Is that what you think all everyone's doing now? Well, I, I think those that have been in the business longer probably are. And I realize it's, you know, and I, I saw again, not long ago, somebody made the comment. It's like music. There are so many different genres of music that you don't have to be a fan of this particular genre. There's always something you will like. And I guess wrestling's evolved to that now, where it is that way. But it doesn't mean I've got to like it. Just as you or somebody else may like it, well, I've got every right not to like it and, um, and to say so. And I'm not criticizing the people that work hard and go out there and perform and do that. I'm just not a big fan of that. It's just... To me, it looks too much like a dance that's been rehearsed. It's like watching Dancing with the Stars. I mean, you know, you just get this sensation that, you know, they've spent a lot of time, you know, choreographing this thing because nobody sells anything. And uh, But, you know, if there are people out there that want that, then somebody's going to fill that need and fill that void. So, you know, I guess you give the people what, you, what they want in certain situations, but I, I'm just not a big fan of it. Well, Mr. Wilkes, uh, people want me to start asking you about your time in the WWF. Uh, I'm looking here in the chat room. A lot of people are asking about basically your time versus uh, your, your tenure uh, during uh, when you feuded with Brett the Hitman Hart during one of the most touchy times 
in the WWF during the Attitude Era, and on top of that, with Canada versus United States, uh, and they placed you right there in the in the front, uh, being the first guy to challenge Bret the Hitman Hart for the title when uh, Bret Hart held the championship. So people want me to ask, uh, how was that experience, and, and tell us uh, your your opinion on that feud. Well, when I went to work for Vince, I had um, I'd had a chance to go to work for Vince back in the early '90s, and and I had just committed to going to all Japan and working for Baba, and I did not want to pass that up. So, um, you know, you fast forward now to 1997, and 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 I finally uh, signed a three-year deal with Vince. And uh, original or initially, there was no mention of of me being involved in that angle with Brett. Uh, as a matter of fact, Vince really wasn't convinced, no pun intended, that uh, a masked guy could really get over, given the climate of pro wrestling at that time, and and I guess the smartening up of the fans, and uh, he just didn't really think that a masked wrestler, you know, could really get over, but my point to Vince was, in selling myself to him, was, well, this character's gotten over everywhere I've worked, global, all Japan, WCW, I mean, I've been all over the world with this character, and I've been one of the top guys in any company I've been in, so I think it will. And after several weeks of seeing the kind of reaction I was getting night after night from the fans, he realized it was still a very popular character and one that played an important role in what he was wanting to do with Brett. So then he came to me about the idea with Brett and pitting us against each other since Brett had just turned heel and was on this anti-American rant that he was going on and it fit perfect. It, it fit like a glove. It was good timing. It was good chemistry. Working with Brett was like working with so many of those guys I just mentioned in Japan. Brett was serious business when he got in the ring. It was all about business. It was about making the match as believable as possible, looking as good as possible. And um, everything was snug. It was a little tight, a little stiff. But I was used to that. I'd worked in all Japan for a number of years. So that was fine with me. So our chemistry was good together, and I enjoyed working with Brett. And um, it was a uh, it was a big part of what was happening in the WWF and you know during that time frame. Yeah, it was. As a matter of fact, I was extremely into it as a fan. Uh, just with everyone, like I believe it was Steve Austin was feuding with Owen at that time. Uh, yeah. I believe who was the Davy Boy feuding with? I believe uh, Davy Boy was feuding with. Uh, Goldust? No. He was. I. I can't. I can't bring up. I just remember in SummerSlam he did have a uh, have a match with a uh, poop on a on, in the ring match or something like that, and it, it was very weird. Uh, and then of course you had Brett and uh, and Brian Pillman was just in the middle there, like being the the crazy lunatic that he's always is. But uh, basically, uh, you know, you you. You made a lot of people believe, Mr. Wilkes, including me, like when it, when I was watching the product at that time. And, and now that I have you on the phone, I, I have to say thank you very much for that, man. Uh, you made me a believer as a fan. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, credit goes to everybody involved working with Brett made it a lot easier to do that. Um, you know, and it was funny, too, working that angle with Brett because, you know, we're here in the States and I'm the baby face and Brett's the heel for the most part, uh, and then we went up to Canada, and we worked our way across the entire country of Canada. We started out on the West Coast, ended up on the East Coast of Canada, but just because of geographical location, 
change of location. Just one night we're in Seattle, Washington. Brett and I are working together, and um, I'm the baby face. He's the heel. The next day we cross the border into Canada. That night he's the baby face and I'm the heel. And it just changed just like that. It wasn't anything we had to talk about. We knew it was going to happen. We were in his home country. I was now going to be the heel, and he was going to be the baby face. So we were also able to add that dynamic to it as well, which I think said a lot about, you know, both of us and our ability to adjust on the go. Yeah, and, and again, like that was, to me, I feel like that was the, the feud that kind of like elevated everything else. Because right after that feud came a lot of other feuds, like with the Ken Shamrocks, and then finally into the Shawn Michaels feud that we all know about. But like mm-hmm. the 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 Undertaker like uh, match that he uh, Bret Hart beat him at SummerSlam was pretty much like the the icing on the cake, and then came you and and made us believe, hey, this Canada versus United States thing, it's real, you know, because yeah. now we're he's facing the the face of America, practically. <laughs> So, uh, and it came to become one of the most believable feuds that I've ever seen. And again, this is talking uh, like when I was younger, and I, I, I really enjoyed that feud. Now, on top of that, uh, you know, going into WCW as well, I know you mentioned WCW. You teamed up with Buff Bagwell over there, uh, Marcus Bagwell at that time. You were actually the Stars and Stripes. Uh, so you've been back and forth with tag team wrestling and singles wrestling. Tag team wrestling has become a big thing now, again, in pro wrestling, thank God, as I've been, I'm a huge fan of tag team wrestling. What's your take on the current state of tag team wrestling, uh, Mr. Wilkes? Well, I'm like you. I enjoy tag team wrestling. Uh, you know, I, um, there's, there's a lot of action with tag team wrestling. I enjoyed singles wrestling as well. I, you know, I, would, I preferred that. Uh, but tag team wrestling gives you a different element. You've got four well, actually, five guys in the ring now. You've got uh, four wrestlers and a referee, or you go to a six-man tag match, and you got six guys and a referee. And there's so many different things that can be going on. So many sleight of hands that you can use, basically, and and, and just it, it just gives itself to nonstop action. And uh, when I was in WCW at the time, there were a lot of good tag teams there that uh, Marcus and I, you know, wrestled. Uh, there was Harlem Heat. Pretty wonderful with Orndorff and Roma. There were the Nasty Boys. Uh, there was Jimmy Golden and Robert Fuller. And then, of course, uh, uh, there was always Arn, maybe with Kevin Sullivan, Arn Anderson. So there were so many combinations of tag teams there. And it just lends itself to exciting matches and great action. And Dusty Rhodes also was a big, big uh, guy who loved uh, tag team wrestling. As we all know, he's another uh, gentleman that. Uh, we lost in pro wrestling, uh, but Dusty Rhodes also did. Dusty Rhodes play a role in your life as well in the in the wrestling world, Mr. Wilkes. No, not in the sense of once I got into the business. Now he did earlier as a fan, uh, as a boy um, growing up here in Columbia, South Carolina. I saw my first match, live match, when I was ten years old, and I, I was a Jack Briscoe fan, Jack and Jerry Briscoe, and. The first match I went to, the first show I went to live, the only thing I can tell you about it was Jack and Jerry Briscoe work main event against Rip Hawk and Sweet Hanson, and I was such a huge Jack Briscoe fan. But then a little further down the road, I saw Dusty Rhodes on TV one day, and I saw him cut a promo, and it just blew me away, and I became an even bigger fan of wrestling. And, and that's what 
really put a, a desire in me to want to do what Dusty was doing and be a part of the business that he was in. But once I got into the business um, and went to work for WCW, I got to know Dusty, but by that time, Dusty was, for the most part, done with his in-ring career and was working behind the scenes. So, uh, you know, I got to spend time with Dusty and pick his brain and talk with him, but really not a, a major influence on me once I got into the business. Oh, okay. And, and Mr. Wilkes, uh, now I have to ask you one of the most important questions that another fan here is asking here in the chat room. They want to know what's the future looking like for Del Wilkes? Can, do, can we ever expect Del Wilkes to be part of maybe a future class WWE Hall of Fame? Well, that's not up to me. If that ever happens, that would be a wonderful, a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, a great honor. But uh, I, um, I look back on my career with with great pride and satisfaction. I had a very, a very good career, a very unbelievable career. I never expected to be able to do the things and have the success I had when I got into the business. Uh, you know, my my career was cut short due to some very serious injuries. Uh, but had a wonderful career. It, it afforded me a wonderful life and uh, an opportunity to fulfill a childhood dream and to travel and meet with some of the greatest people that I'm still friends with today. Uh, so if that happens, great. But if not, uh, I don't need it for me to feel any better about my career. I'm, I'm very satisfied and very happy with what I was able to do and still very involved. Uh, I just don't get in the ring. I'm physically unable to do that. i I think I've worked one match in the last 15 or 16 years, but I still do a lot of appearances, and and um, so I'm still involved. Just uh, I'm too old, too beat up, and too many surgical scars to do to do much else. All right. Now another fan here wants to ask uh, Mr. Wilkes. Uh, they want to. Okay, Peter from New Jersey says, uh, "What do you think of the Rock and Roll Express getting into the Hall of Fame?" Long, long overdue. One of the greatest tag teams ever. Uh, uh, and, and in my opinion, any top five list I would form of, of great tag teams would include them. Uh, they were phenomenal. They weren't, uh, they weren't your Road Warrior types. And I know the Road Warriors were transforming and trendsetting with that look and that size. But uh, from just, listen, I grew up in the South. I've been here all my life. I saw firsthand how hot those guys were. I mean, they were Elvis Presley hot uh, in the South, especially. Those guys were, I mean, just the reaction from the fans, uh, uh, the crowds, uh, unbelievable. And uh, they've contributed greatly to this to this wonderful business of ours and to continue to do so even to this day. So that WWE Hall of Fame induction should have happened a long time ago for Robert and Ricky. All right, and uh, here's another. Okay, now this one's from Jeff in Texas. Uh, he wants to know who do you want to see get inducted in the future. Well, uh, there's. Uh, I think there are some that are long, long, long overdue, and it's a shame. Wahoo McDaniel's is not in the WWE Hall of Fame. It's a shame Ray Stevens is not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, I think Vader deserves to be there. Uh, so I would like to see, and, and there's so many others, but to me the glaring, glaring omissions are guys like Wahoo and Ray Stevens. I mean, two icons in our industry, and uh, and just uh, it's it's ridiculous that neither one of those guys 
are inducted into the Hall of Fame. Okay, and now we got Ryan actually from Oklahoma. Uh, Ryan wants to know if you will be ever open for a coaching position in their new uh, uh, performance center. Well, you know, I, I, I've had some conversation about uh, maybe helping out, you know, with wellness uh, policy and issues and things like that. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my life now. Not pretty, very. Uh, I, I like what I'm doing. I'm like where I'm. I like where I'm at. So, uh, you know, while again, it would be an honor if that were ever offered to me. But, uh, you know, I, I like what I'm doing. I, I, I like things just the way they are. A little less stressful and more family time, right? There, there you go. Absolutely. I've got, um, I've got two young granddaughters now, so it's extremely important for me to be around them as much as I can. They're both here in Columbia, so. Yeah, that's that that takes precedence over anything now at my age. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, some fans don't understand the sacrifice that you guys put in every day when you guys are performing. Of how many days in the year that you guys are actually away from your families, uh, what you do to your bodies in training, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. My last question is that, as a matter of fact, Mr. Wilkes, because you brought up a great thing, just to open the eyes a little bit of these fans. Uh, can you explain to us the sacrifices that you had to put up with when you were actually working in the big time? Well, it's it's the sacrifice of being away from your family, you know, anywhere from 270, 280, 290 nights a year on the road, away from your family. Um, you know, I've got grown sons now, a grown daughter. Uh, all three of my kids are, you know, they're adults now, and uh, two of them have children. But I miss so much of their childhood, and I think that's why it's probably so important for me now to be here as much as I can for my grandkids is because I missed out on their dad and their mama and was on the road all the time. And you come home, and they've lost a tooth, and you'll never be a part of that, or they've graduated, or they've gone into another grade, or they've accomplished something on the football field, the baseball field, the classroom. At church, they've done something that was very important in their life, and I couldn't be there. And I realize that that's part of all of our jobs is we all make sacrifices. But uh, also, too, there's that physical sacrifice that we make, too, to to uh, fulfill a dream and to please the fans of pro wrestling. I, uh, I struggle today physically because of what I've done to my body. I've had 15 orthopedic surgeries, and there are days I don't walk very well. There are days that, or nights I don't sleep very well because of pain issues and discomfort. And uh, But having said that, if I could wind the clock back and do it all over again, I wouldn't change it. I'd do it again. Uh, so and you mentioned your grandkids and all that. So just a little random question. Would, would you ever want to like to see your grandkids or your kids or whoever enter the wrestling business yourself and follow in the footsteps like a Patriot Junior? I, I'm not... Just well, both of my grandkids are granddaughters, so uh, no, I, I, I really wouldn't. Um, I love the business. Uh, I love it. It's been a part of my life now for almost 30 years, but it can be a hard life. It can be a hard business. You're exposed to a lot of things nowadays out on the road. Well, I was exposed to those same uh, things out on the road. There's a lot of things that happen on the road that aren't good. And uh, I wouldn't want my granddaughters involved in anything that 
you know, could hurt them or shame them or embarrass them. We see a lot of girls come out now, or a lot of the ladies, and the guys too, with tapes that I'm sure never, they never wanted people to see those videos. And yep. um, so, you know, I, um, nah, I wouldn't be a big fan of my daughters going into it. I mean, my granddaughters. Obviously, if that's what they chose to do, um, I'd support them and love them. But uh, it might be different if I had grand boys, but with my granddaughters, I, you know, you feel a little different about girls than you do boys. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and, and thank you so very much for all your great answers. Like, you opened the doors to a lot of knowledge, to a lot of great answers, to a lot of things that people should be listening to as far as, like, hey, if we're doing something, you know, let me listen to Dell because he knows he's been where he's been for a reason. You know, and that's what I always say. Hey, if you're in the WWE or you're in Japan or you're here or you're there, you're there for a reason because the promoters believe in what you can bring to their company. So my last question is, and I promise this is the last one, Mr. Wilkes, because I know you're busy. You want to give time to your family. Uh, what advice can you give to the younger generation today? Well, to the younger wrestling generation or the younger generation as a whole? As a whole, sir. Well, just remember that you're going to, we all make decisions every day in our life. Our, our everyday life is filled with decisions. What am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? And some decisions don't have a big impact on our life, but a lot of them do. And a lot of those decisions that you make can impact your life forever. And they can leave scars that last forever if you make wrong decisions and bad decisions. So my advice would be make good decisions about what you do, who you hang around with, the decisions you make of where you're going to go, the places you're going to be, who you're going to be with, uh, and things like that. Because some of these things, you know, I, I told my daughter this when she was a young girl. I said, always handle yourself with class. And remember, one day you're going to be older. I went to high school with a lot of girls that made some stupid decisions and a lot of guys that made stupid decisions. And even to this day at age 55, I still remember those people by those stupid decisions they made and those stupid things that they did. And I'm guilty of that as well. I've done some very stupid things in my life, and I've moved past that. But some people, that's how they'll always remember you. They won't remember you for the good you did or the changes you may have made in your life to overcome the stupid things you've done, but they'll always remember you for those wrong decisions you've made. So eliminate those. Just use your head. Use some common sense and just... Do things that you won't regret. And that is literally talking from the legend himself, Dell the Patriot Wilkes. And you, man, you should be a preacher or you should be a motivational speaker because that motivated me. <laughs> Thank you very well, much. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. So, Mr. Wilkes, before you go, let's do some plugs here. I'm not sure if you do, but uh, do you still have maybe like a Patriot fan page where people can reach out in case they're still that big fan of the Patriot from back in the day? Uh, if you do any signings, any appearances, where can they see you next time? And, of course, for those appearances, like for small autograph appearances, uh, how can people go ahead and reach you to book you for that? Well, you can uh, you can go to Twitter, at Del Wilkes. You can also go to Facebook at Dell the Patriot Wilkes, and there's also just Dell Wilkes. I've got a Dell Wilkes page and a Dell the, Fa the Patriot Wilkes 
uh, page on Facebook. Of course, like I said, Twitter at Dell Wilkes. And then you can also go to our website at Uh You can keep up with upcoming events where we're going to be. Also, all of our merchandising that we have. Uh, we have T-shirts there. We have masks. We have pictures, cards. And we also have our DVD that came out uh, a while back. It's a, it's a free disc set. It's got over seven hours. It's my life story uh, from beginning to where I'm at now. Uh, my college football, uh, they talked to several of the guys I played with at the University of South Carolina, including the 1980 Heisman Trophy winner, George Rogers, who was my teammate. And then also to several of the guys that we mentioned today in our conversation that I wrestled with, Stan Hansen, Marcus Bagwell, Bruce Pritchard, just a number of guys that took part of this and uh, gave some time and effort to make this the success it's been. So, it's uh, behind the mask, Dell the Patriot Wilts, and you can also get that uh, at our website, DellThePatriotWilts.com. Well, Mr. Wilts, I'm definitely going to go ahead and put that on our fan page and, of course, share that all over social media for you. Uh, I'll definitely be on the helping hand on that one, and I want everyone to visit that because I know we didn't even touch the surface uh, of many, many questions that are probably still out there. And uh, if you want to catch all those questions that weren't asked today, you can definitely visit his uh, website and get all that information and, of course, purchase uh, your, the book and et cetera. So, Mr. Wilkes, I, I definitely thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very much for taking your time here today. Well, I appreciate the invitation and appreciate you having me. I enjoyed it. My pleasure, Mr. Wilkes. I hope you have a great day. Hope to meet you in person soon. That way I can take a picture with the, the guy I grew up watching on TV. Well, hopefully so. We'll be in uh, we'll be in uh, Chicago. Come, I mean, uh, coming up soon. We'll be in uh, Philadelphia. We'll be in New York. We're also going to be in Cleveland. So you can get all the dates on our website and uh, and the places we're going to be. And hopefully, I can meet not only you but many more of the wrestling fans out there. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you again, Mr. Wilkes. I hope you have a great and safe day. Okay. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Bye bye. All right, guys, that was Dell, the Patriot Wilkes. What an honor that was to speak with the legend himself. Uh, thank you very much to Dell Wilkes. Thank you very much to Lorraine for booking this big name. And, of course, uh, thank you for everyone who sent in their questions uh, for Mr. Dell Wilkes. It was an honor to speak with him. It was an exclusive interview. He doesn't do very much of these, uh, and I, it was a huge honor to speak with him here today. Uh, guys, make sure you visit his website uh, to, in order to get all that information and purchase the book, purchase all his information, of course, his upcoming appearances, and, and I cannot wait to see him hopefully one day in person. But guys, here from Russell City Radio, my throat has gone dry, and I don't think I can handle it anymore. So guys, make sure you tune in tonight to Monday Night Raw, starting in one hour, and then next week we'll be back on the air. Uh, and again, Red Velvet will be back. Uh, so, guys, make sure you tune in every week here on Russell City Radio every Monday at 6 p.m. I will always be here. And, of course, like us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Russell City Radio. Have a great night, folks. Good night.